and I wanted to talk about things that sound like wisdom, but aren't, okay? Because here's, here's the thing about wisdom. The only way to judge if something is wisdom is by what happens after, right? So something that sounds clever, okay, you go home thinking, wow, Luke, that was such a clever sermon. That doesn't mean necessarily that what I said was wise. You thinking I'm clever does not determine what I say is wise. Wisdom is determined by the fruit that it bears. Amen? Okay? So if, if there is no fruit, the thing that led to it was not wise. Okay? Wisdom bears fruit. And today we're going to look at that fruit. Okay, we're going to look we're going to we're going to look at um, a few things that are mistaken for wisdom but their fruit is discord their fruit is division their fruit is destruction they sound clever but they bring division more often than not they bring poverty more often than not okay so but before we get going let's open up our bibles to James 3, and we're going to focus on verse 17 and 18, but I think I always like to read things in context. It's a very important, if, if, if somebody sends you a scripture verse, it's very nice, but, but if you really want to test that scripture, read that, read that verse, somebody sends you a single verse, read the whole chapter that verse comes from. Context is everything. Uh, So we're focusing on two verses, 17 and 18. And I'm going to read the whole chapter because we've got to look at these verses in context. Okay. So we're going to start from verse 13 and we're going to read to 18. Okay. You guys ready? Has everybody got a Bible? If you need a Bible, there's one up front. Nobody needs a Bible. Great. Oh, wow. Bringing your Bibles to church. Sure. Okay. From verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. Good fruits. Okay. Full of good fruits. Good fruits. Okay. Okay. We got it. We got it. Okay. Impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Awesome. Okay? So now, just to emphasize, fruit, if I plant a tree and I'm expecting fruit, fruit comes after a period of time. Okay? And, and, and need, we need to, just need to emphasize. And, and that's, that's actually a note. Just whenever you read the Bible and you see the word 
fruit, and there are a few places where the Bible talks about fruit. It's talking about present action that determines future results. Okay? So, if you do this, the fruit will be this. Understood? Okay, you guys get that? It's not a difficult concept, but it's an important one. Okay. So, the first voice, the voice of caution is not wisdom. Okay, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. We've mentioned this in the last two weeks. And caution is not a bad thing. Okay? Caution, there's nothing wrong with caution. If you at a looking point and there's a cliff and you want to look, a bit of caution is required so that you don't fall down the cliff, okay? It's, 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 it's logical. But caution does not, does not bring bad fruit, but it doesn't necessarily bring good fruit. It's neutral. Nothing happens, okay? If you're Peter and you're in the boat and Jesus walks towards you and he's walking on the water, okay, and he says, come step out into the waves, okay, we don't talk about the guys that stayed in the boat, okay, we don't, there's no mention of, there's no saying that they were evil, okay, they just, they showed caution, there's no mention of them being evil, but there's no mention of their bravery or taking a risk or, the, or like Peter, jumping out of the boat, and it's recorded, he walked on water. He's the only person in the Bible besides Jesus who walked on water. That's amazing, right? There's nothing bad that happens with caution, but there's nothing good. Why is that important? Because every branch that does not bear fruit will be cut off and thrown in the fire. Romans 3 verse 23, for all have sinned, okay? So we've all sinned, yes, it's bad. But there's a second charge brought against you. Not just that you've sinned, but that you've fallen short of the glory of God. It's not, it's not just enough to not do bad things. There has to be fruit. And if you do not produce, okay, there are consequences to that. Why is that? Because God believes in your potential. Okay? Like I said, I don't want to read too much into this. Go read the um, the. The parable of the talents talks about um, stewardship, producing. Um, go read that. Okay, the second one. The voice of compromise is not wisdom. Let's, let's read that verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure. Okay? Why, why is the voice of compromise not wisdom? Okay, so I'm not talking about, you know, me and my wife are having a discussion. She wants to eat supper at 8. I want to eat supper at 6. You know, so we compromise at 7. I'm not talking about that kind of a compromise. I'm talking about the kind of compromise. It's becoming a trend that, you know, we're now, we're now Christians, but we're enlightened Christians. Okay, so... You know, we're a little bit edgy. We're not bound by the rules. So, you know, if I swear every now and then, it's fine. If I do, you know, if, if I sp- drive over the speed limit, it's fine. I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> you know, but we become, you know, little by little by little, we just, 
no, this is fine. I'm not under the law. You know, the laws don't apply to me. Jesus saved me from the law, you know. And, and it's all about grace, really, okay? Little by little, these compromises, one adds up to the other, adds up to the other, okay? The voice of compromise is not wisdom, okay? God calls us to hate what is evil, okay? Hate sin. That's extreme. That's not compromise. There's no room for compromise in that discussion. Hate what is evil. Hate sin. Okay? You with me? Okay? Number three. The voice of conflict is not wisdom. And I think this is, this is one which is especially applicable to people in church. Wisdom from above is peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy. Um, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know, um, but in in America, in a, in a lot of uh, Western cultures, a, a big thing um, is happening on university campuses, and it's slowly but surely creeping its way into South Africa. The stats say that South Africa is about ten years. The trends are 10 years behind what happens in a, in a first world country. So there's a lot of talk on um, gender equality, gender confusion, gender studies. Um, there are now, the last time I checked, which was two weeks ago, there are now f- 38 official different genders. Um, um, I'm not making this up, okay? So there's, there's man, woman, and then there's um, 36 beyond that, okay? I'm not making that up, okay? And I, I don't necessarily want to talk into that, but, but then you get a lot of uh, resistance to that, natural resistance, because it's ludicrous. Um, and so there's the rise of the YouTube stars, and you get people um, like Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you've heard of him. Also, um, there's there's another guy um, whose name I can't remember. And their names aren't important. The the, um, the point I'm making is that there's there's way that we deal with conflict. And so these these people in the opposition they aren't Christians, but they are becoming a big thing amongst Christian in Christian circles, okay. And the idea is to bring debate, which is good. Debate is good, but the idea is to crush and to crush those who are opposing your worldview. And the reason why why I'm bringing up this example is because this is nothing new to churches, okay. Conflict. There's a saying that if you take 30 Christians and put them in a town in two weeks time you'll have 31 churches you know we we know how to fight and we do it well and very often our heart is to win to beat and it's not um, to save or to encourage relationship okay I've, I've known people 
that are willing to sacrifice relationship for the sake of being right. Okay? So I'm not talking about compromising. Just read that one. I'm not talking about being okay with sin. Okay? Sin is sin. If you're sleeping with your girlfriend, sin, we cannot tolerate that. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the kind of thing where a church in Nelspreit split over the use of a song in church. The one person said we shouldn't be using this song in church, and the other person said we should be using this song in church, to the point that the church went their separate ways. Okay, I'm talking about the gray area stuff, whether or not we should be baptized by going under the water, or whether we should sprinkle babies, talking about this kind of stuff of, you know, whether we should start church at 9 in the morning or 10 in the morning, whether we should have church on a Sunday or a Saturday, okay? There's, 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 there's a lot of things that have split a lot of churches because we like conflict. We like to be right, and we're willing to lose people over that. So wisdom from above is peaceable. It seeks to make peace. That doesn't mean you have to agree with people. I'm not talking about, I don't even need you to agree with my sermon. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. In fact, I, I encourage you to go home, read your Bible, and challenge what I'm saying. Okay. Please. But I'm saying that in our disagreement, we can have peace. Okay. Armour and I don't agree on things about the Bible. He thinks Paul wasn't married. I correctly believe that Paul was married. You know? But we can operate in the same office. In fact, I don't even think it comes up very often at all, up until now. And we will have an interesting discussion in the morning, I'm sure. Um, And one day, he will get to my theological level, you know? come to agree with me but do you understand it's 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 laughable but it but that's exactly the point okay is my priority with Amu is not to make him agree with my theological standpoint my priority with Amu is to have relationship with him and together together we have endeavored that we get people saved and have an encounter with Jesus Christ in this town. And when you match, when that is your priority, when you match a whole lot of conflict up against that, it becomes laughable. Okay? I do not agree with the Enchir church about baptism. Will I work with them to get people saved? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question asked. I do not agree with seven-day Adventists about having church on a Saturday? Will I agree with them to get people saved? Will I work? Absolutely. Because when you look at what we have to do, and what we're called to do, which is to make disciples of nations, those sort of things become second, third conversation topics at best. Amen? Okay, and that's, and that's a challenge for you. What is your priority when you are having conflict with somebody? What is your priority? Are you, is your priority 
for them to have an encounter with Jesus? Was your priority for them, for you to win? Okay? Just to reiterate, I'm not talking about deliberate sin. There is no tolerance of deliberate sin. Okay? The voice of judgment is not wisdom. How many of you know that this church is a church for the lost? Amen? Okay? Who are the lost? Okay? So we're talking about drug addicts, prostitutes, talking about homeless, we're talking about atheists, we're talking about Muslims, basically. Okay? We can't pass judgment on people that need to be in this building. It's why they're here. It's why you're here. Okay? Once again, I'm not talking about compromising and tolerating deliberate sin. I'm talking about the fact that this is a church for anybody, regardless of their faith. Okay? Why is that? Because my priority is that you have an encounter with Jesus. Not that you clean up your act before you get into the building. You got what I mean? Okay? We're going to read a bit more on that later. I just wanted to mention that and read a scripture at the end. This is the one that I wanted to end off with. The voice of criticism is not wisdom. I want us to open up our Bibles to Mark 3. Okay. So here's the story. Jesus is in the town and, and he's busy doing his thing. He's healing the sick. He's casting out the demons. And the Pharisees don't like it. Um, for various reasons. So they come to Jesus and, this, and they level an accusation against them. Okay. This is what they say from verse 22. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, so the scribes are now saying of Jesus, he is possessed by Beelzebul. Um, so that's, that's a different name for Satan. And by the prince of demons, he casts out the demons. So the prince of demons is another reference to Satan. So what they're basically saying is, because you have Satan in you, that's why you have authority of the demons, and that's why they leave. Okay. Um, how can... So, uh, yeah. And he called them to him and said in parables. So now this is Jesus. Jesus says to them, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless... He first binds the strong man, then indeed he may plunder his house. Listen to this part. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the children of man and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an internal sin. For they were saying he has an unclean 
spirit. Let's put this in context, especially about criticism. What does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? In this context, what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to call somebody who is doing works of the Holy Spirit demonic. Okay? Let me say that again. So to look at a Christian, seeing what they are doing, and calling it demonic. Not by the Holy Spirit, but by a demon. Okay? This happens all the time. Okay? I, as a man, see a woman, strong-willed woman, and I feel insecure, so I call, and oh, she's got Jezebel's spirit. Wow. Okay? I've heard it so many times in church. No, that, that girl, she's just got a Jezebel spirit. Okay? Guys, a, a, a strong-willed woman, okay, she's driven. That doesn't mean she's got a demon inside of her. It just means she's driven. Okay? Let's just put that out as a disclaimer. That church over there, well, you know, they do these really weird things. And that's just, it's, it's just the demons. Just the demons that operate. Okay? So why am I mentioning this? I'm not saying, I, I can't pass judgment on a person whether or not they operate on a demon. I can't speak to a church. Okay? I am called to speak out against evil. But this is the point I'm making. Okay? If I read a scripture like that and I see what's going on, it makes me think very, very carefully about who I want to criticize. It makes me think twice before I speak something out against somebody. Because the moment I speak something out against somebody, I'm putting my soul at risk. Okay? The moment I am willing to call something demonic that somebody is doing in the name of Jesus, I've got to be very, 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 very sure of what I'm saying. You understand what I'm, what I'm getting at? Because if I don't, I'm at risk of calling something demonic that is of the Holy Spirit. I'm at risk of committing an unforgivable sin. And if you do not understand that, you do not understand the fear of God. What is the beginning of wisdom? It's the fear of God. If you do not understand that, you do not understand the fear of God. You do not understand the first thing of wisdom I shouldn't be listening to you in the first place. Okay. I want to read another scripture. I'm going to end off with this one. Go to Romans 14. From verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. But do not quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. I love that. <laughs> the weak people eat only vegetables. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Bless you. <sighs> that's, that's the Bible. Sorry, you've got to deal with it. Eh? <laughs> okay. Verse 3. Let not the one who, who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Listen to this, verse 4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? 
It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Isn't that powerful? Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Who are you to pass judgment on another church? Who are you to pass judgment on another Christian? Surely by his own master will he stand or fall. And God is able to make him stand. Those are not my words. That's what's sitting over here. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the, the day honors the Lord. Oh, sorry, the one who observes the day observes it to honor the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. Well, the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us live to himself, and none of us die to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you... Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. See, what I hear when people criticize, and I've been in many, many conversations. You meet a Christian, you've never met him before, he's from a different church. Always in our, or sometimes, very often, it's happened in our own church. We look out for the first time, and we start talking about God. And for some reason, the conversation inevitably goes to, yeah, you know, your church, it's so great, but yes, I came out of that Inge church, and you know what, they're just so uptight. You know, they're so true, but your church, your church is great. I don't appreciate, I appreciate the compliment, I don't appreciate you dissing the Inge church. Okay? Who am I to pass judgment over them? By, the, by their own master, they will rise and fall, and surely God will make them stand. Amen? God will make the Inher church stand. That's not me, that's what he says in his word. I come out of a Methodist church. I used to diss them a lot. I have a lot of respect for the Methodist church. When I went to God, I said, God, show me your plans about the Methodist church. And he opened up my eyes, okay? That there were men and women serving in the Methodist church to bring about the glory of God so that people could have an encounter with Jesus. And I was put to shame. Okay? We need to stop speaking out against our brothers and our sisters in Christ. We need to lift them up. We all have work to do. Armour was talking about what goes on in this town. And we so focused on bickering with each other, fighting each other, and there's real stuff going on in town. Okay? There's real stuff happening in this town. There are real people in pain in this town. There are real people without jobs in this town, without friends, without communities. There are real people struggling with depression. And we've got to get over criticizing people, speaking down on them, 
rather join hands with them. Figure out what they're doing. Okay? Our ethos here is that we will work with any church that wants to work with us. We will support any church regardless of whether or not um, they support us. We will support any ministry regardless of whether or not they support us or fall under our leadership. The only criteria is this. Are you working to bring about Christ known in this town? If yes, we will work with you. We do not have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. We do not have a monopoly on what God says and what he doesn't say. We do not have a monopoly on salvation. We want to see people saved. If you want to work with us, we will work with you to that end. Amen. Let's stand.